At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael Tura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts i used to have so many men how this beguiling woman in her 50s She looked like a million bucks Scams a bunch of famous athletes out of untold fortunes Nearly 10 million dollars was all gone It's just unbelievable Hide your money in your old rich men Because <laughs> she is on the prowl Listen to Queen of the Con Season 5 The Athlete Whisperer On the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts Or wherever you get your podcasts Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. But I think you cannot you cannot look at certain things within women's sports and not. And I think our culture is scared to criticize because we're women, because we're women of color and because of cancel society, you know, cancel culture. Like, that's what it is. But it's hurting the game and it's hurting the audience. Like, if I'm looking at a terrible game, terrible possessions, I mean, like the way guys call it out on the NBA, no, games. NBA, games. NBA games. On this edition of Naked, we got Candace Parker. Um, it's going to get a little emo for me because I love her. She can do no wrong. <laughs> Coming up next on Nate. Got to pay some bills. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work. 
in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I never thought I'd take my three young kids to Sicily to solve a century-old mystery. But that's what I'm doing in my new podcast, The Sicilian Inheritance. Join us as we travel thousands of miles on the beautiful and crazy island of Sicily. As I trace my roots back through a mystery for the ages and untangle clues within my family's origin story, which has morphed like a game of telephone through the generations. Was our family matriarch killed in a land deal gone wrong? Or was it by the Sicilian Mafia? A lover's quarrel? Or was she, as my father believed, a witch? Listen to The Sicilian Inheritance on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Celebrities behind the scenes, it's refreshing, authentic, the whole story, specific, life-altering events that shape the person that you hear. We got a champion and carry champion, hey girl, you did it. It's the greatest in sports and entertainment, connecting with us. Every champion and carry champions to be a champion. Got a champion and carry champion, hey girl, you did it. Got a champion and carry champion and carry champion. Greatest, greatest in sports and entertainment, connecting with us. Thank y'all for listening. Welcome back to Naked. Today, as you all know, we have Candace Parker. Uh, she has been making her rounds. And we did this actual interview probably maybe three weeks ago. And we're just now editing it because we shoot, you know, we film, we record ahead of time. But nevertheless, it's still special because, and I'm just going to brag, we're friends. I mean, we really are good friends. We have a good rapport. We hang out. In one another's homes, meaning I've been to her home and harassed her for food. I've seen her um, as a mother. I've seen her as a, as an analyst. I've seen her as a, a, a close friend. And above all things, everything that I've seen, what I love the most about her is the fact that she is an unwavering mother in terms of her support and her love to her daughter, Layla. And it's special. It's beautiful. I often think we forget the most important priority on this planet is to raise healthy, humble, kind, good citizens. Everybody can have a child, but can you raise them the way in which they are supposed to be? At least you hope they're supposed to be. And I've seen that with you, Candace. I've seen that in Layla. I've seen it in the love that you have for her, the unconditional love. When you were with the Sparks, I always thought to myself, how does she do it all? It seems so effortless, and I know it wasn't. 
but you made it look that way. And then you leave. And I understood why you left. We get into it on the podcast, y'all, because I'm doing this as if I'm talking to Candace. And I understood because you had a mission and you wanted to be respected. God, don't we know what it feels like not to be respected? Oftentimes, when you know you're great and people dismiss you and never give you the praise or the acclaim, even though you've already accomplished so much. And I'm saying that because oftentimes we just don't see the icons, the greats. We ignore them. And Candace put her head down. She put her head down when she was with the Sparks. Y'all remember, no shout outs to Derek Fisher, nothing but shade to you. You put your head down, you packed up and you went back home. And you said, I'm coming home to win a chip. And my G, you won a chip. <laughs> um, I love you. I love you for that. And I love you for your story. Because you didn't have to tell your story. You let your story tell itself. Quote, paraphrase. And you've inspired me. Because my G, I'm feeling away. I've been feeling away lately. I'm being honest and naked with y'all. I've been feeling away. Like people don't respect the game. Don't respect the hustle. Don't respect what I've done. We are a what have you done for me lately nation. But now I got to come back and shit on all y'all by winning my chip, my version of winning a chip. Candace, I thank you for showing us how it's done, but most importantly, doing it with humility, kindness, and grace. Y'all gonna love this edition of Be Honest because we talk about everything. We talk about her winning. We talk about her leaving. We talk about her family. We talk about Derek Fisher. I talk about Derek Fisher. Current head coach of the Sparks. Who ain't nothing. Because he did my boo wrong. Whatever. Enjoy. I'm done being shady. Welcome to this edition of Naked. So congratulations, my friend. I, I, I start this podcast by... I don't know. It's so awkward sometimes for me when I interview people that I adore and know well. Um, and so I, I try to walk the fine line of asking the questions that I think people want to know outside of just assuming, right? Because my boo Oprah be assuming when she be talking to people. She's like, and you remember that one time and then and then? I'm like, Oprah, we don't know that one time and then and then. But I want to start with the championship. Congratulations. Um, Thank you. The moment with Brandy. Shout out to Brandy. Shout out to Christine, our good girls. Um, watching you win and they started crying and I started crying. How did you feel? Well, we already saw you crying. You was doing a cry before. They're like the ugly cry. And it's like, it's so annoying because it's like, <laughs> I people have caught it at different moments and it's still like the ugly cry. Like, I wish I would stop, honestly. But you made us cry. I was crying and I'm a gangster. You know, gangsters don't cry. You know, we. Yes. I'm tears though. That's all we cry. That's right. Um, I am so very proud of you, but I'm proud because you silenced the critics. I don't believe, and you've said this before, that you feel like you've been respected for what you've done for the gang. Was that your seal of approval? Was that your, your, I told y'all, was that your, I got nothing else to say. That's my legacy. I'm the shit. Honestly, um, I stopped caring with what everybody was saying, but I, I say that in two ways. I say that in like their, that, that fueled me like every, you know, mm -hmm. some people would say the lack of respect, respect, I think 
fueled me to like get up on a random Sunday and go work out. Mm-hmm. Um, but honestly, selfishly, I, I did that for myself. Like I went home for myself. And I think this choice, there were a number of people that, that called me afterwards, after I made my decision to go home. And they said, I'm so happy you made a decision for you and you didn't think about anybody else but yourself. And I think that that's kind of what this championship was. It was like, we did this for us, you know, and the whole city represented, family and friends represented, but we did it for us. And so I guess it was one of those things where it was like, take it as you will, take it as you take it. Um, but we did this for us. You say lack of respect. Outlets, coaches, people in the game. Who disrespected you, in your opinion, without naming names? Or you can name names. Um, You know, I think everybody goes through their career. And, you know, there's people that don't necessarily like certain people. And, you know, there's people I don't like, <laughs> you know. Uh, but I just think when we're talking about the game of basketball, and we're looking at different situations like it player fits i just felt like i needed a new breath to see if it was me do you know what i mean like sometimes you're you're kind of like you're in a situation for so long and it works and then sometimes it doesn't and whatever and it's like sometimes you just need to see if it was you you know and like i said the story is still being written but i think it just was one of those things where it's like i needed a change And I don't think I was the same person that I was going to Chicago that I was all the years in L.A., for sure. Um, What was different about you? I think I learned from the the bumps and bruises and nicks that I took. And I think here's the thing that I learned the most. The disrespect, because you asked like who and, you know, all that stuff. I think I was comparing myself to others. You know, I was comparing myself to others like they respect this player or they respect that player and if I would do that then and when I got to Chicago it was like screw it you know like I could care less um who respects who disrespects whatever because at the end of the day it's like when you win you're the greatest thing since sliced bread when you lose you're you're worse than everything sure and so I I don't think I pay any more attention to all the love that I'm getting I mean obviously there are certain people you Brandy Christine, I mean, like my inner circle, my people, my family, my friends that have always been with me through the losses. So all these people that are on the bandwagon now that like, we like we she's this great leader. <laughs> and it's like, Here's yeah, something. just as much as your opinion didn't matter before, it doesn't matter anymore. Here's something I think is interesting. I've always thought of you when you said people may not like you. This is real. This is a very honest story from first somebody in, in the media. I've never heard anybody say anything bad about you. Maybe because I'm so um, braggadocious and I have something, I'm always saying something amazing about you. So maybe they're like, well, let me not say it, you know, but I've never heard anyone say anything bad about you. I know there has been, there have been slights, there have been missteps, there have been opportunities that you weren't given when you deserve them, clearly deserve them. Um, And there may have been political opportunities that you just didn't get because somebody said, I don't like her today. But... I remember being at your house one time. You talk about comparing yourself. The reason why I never, ever, ever 
thought you compared yourself because you carry yourself so differently. Like, let me just do the game. Let me just do what I do. You're so politically correct in my in my mind, right? You're not going to pop off on somebody like I would in my inappropriate way. Christine is appropriate, but I, I'm i queen of a confrontation, you know, which makes me not necessarily the friendliest. And I am aware. <laughs> I'm, I embrace I it. I love you, Carrie. I embrace it's it. So many and I know it. But I said something about another player and I was like, and it may have sounded like I was giving her props, but I really wasn't. I was like, oh, I could see why she went. But I never thought she was greater than you. You know who I'm talking about. Remember at your house and we're eating a Chipotle with a Mexican yep. Yep. It wasn't Chipotle. Yep. Give, me a, give me a deal, Chipotle. Um, but I mentioned something about her because I just covered an award show. And I was just like, and I never thought she was greater than you. I saw why she won, but I never thought she was greater than you. So I wonder if that was one of the comparisons because I do hear people talk about how great certain other players are. And when they mention the greats, sometimes you're not in that conversation for WNBA. And I wonder, hold on, well, why is that? That's disrespectful. You know, that's the, that might be what you might be referring to, correct? Yes. But also, I don't think I fit into um, the box, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Like, you say I'm politically correct and I'm not confrontational, but like, Maybe with the media, but within an organization, I think I'm a lot because I'm always the one that like asks the question because I don't know. And then sometimes people don't know the answer to the question I'm asking. And then it gets like, well, you're trying to show me up. And it's like, no, I really was just asking a question (laughs) to try to get more information. So I feel as though within the game of basketball, I'm the person that has always questioned why things are the way they are. Why, if I'm 6'4", do I have to go stand by the basket and shoot hooks? <laughs> like, I, I think it's worked out in my favor for a lot of things, but it also didn't work out in my favor. And so I think now we're at like that perfect storm where the world is ready for outspoken people. Yeah. Like the world is encouraging like yeah. people to stand up yeah. for and be like, no, that's not right. Yeah. But like a couple years ago, four or five years ago, I wasn't allowed to dribble up the court. Like I had to convince my coaches like I could dribble <laughs> and I could pass. You know, so it's like, it's kind of like my personality is. I get it. Welcome now, similar to how seven footers now are like, yeah, shoot it. Like step up beyond the arc and shoot it. And I think that's kind of how it is with my personality is, you know, I think it wasn't tolerated well by different people. Um, And therefore it kind of like trickled down into the way things are in basketball. I understand. I live that life daily. You you know Jamel, she's she's very much politically correct in the office, but she'll f you up on social media, right? Oh, okay, because I was like, wait a second, in the hold office, on, no. she's a doll to work with, right? Honestly, it's just what she says on Twitter. You'd be like, oh, oh, okay, or on social media, oh, okay. While I am you, I'm like, hold on, I got a question. And people are rolling their eyes, or I'm like, that ain't fair. I'm queen to point out what's not fair. So I understand what you're saying. There was a moment. Before you left the Sparks, let's go to the playoffs. And I was like, she better than me. I won't get into the, we don't have to he say, she say, but we can. So you get benched by Fisher. You feel a way. You see it on your face. You're irritated. And you sat down and you were like, quiet. I I felt like you were calling people names. Perhaps people could have been dead, murdered. And by people, I mean him. And everybody was letting him have it on social media, not just the recent championship, but even then. We're just like, what is he doing? What's going on here? Who? And he's, you know, 
I'll say it. You don't have to. Not loved. And I was like, I love her for respecting this man in this moment. I wouldn't have done it. My ego could not have handled that. How were you able in that moment to handle him removing you from the game? Or am I am I reading that wrong? Was that not how that worked? No, you're you're not reading that wrong. Um, my facial expressions are my <laughs> real fault. Everybody that knows me knows that I'm a woman of 50 million amemable faces, my daughter says. <laughs> You know, in that moment, I will say, I think that there was tremendous growth in who I am. Um, I think I read somewhere, it was even on the internet, like calm is a superpower. And I really, truly, honestly believe that. And I think in that moment that like Zen was tested. But at the end of the day, I'm also a person of like, once I process the situation, I go back and I ask myself how I can be better. Like, what could I have done to prevent this from happening? I did the same thing with USA Basketball. Like, it shouldn't have ever been a question. Like, what could I have done? And I think in that moment, we had an up and down season, you know? Like, I don't think I came in in as great a shape as I should have. Now, people would say, well, you should have that luxury to be able to play your way or play through injuries and whatever. But Honestly, looking back in March, I was overweight eating with Chuck, like uh, drinking with Chuck, eating with Chuck. Like, yeah, <laughs> he's, such a bad, he's a bad influence. Mr. Barkley's a bad it. influence. He is the worst. And he caught I blame him for me being benched. But, <laughs> you know, at the same time, I think I looked and pointed at myself and I said, it took me a long time to reach out to Fish and be able to talk to him, to be honest with you. It took me a long time. And that was the bubble season the next year. But I said, I'll be damned if I'm going to be out of shape. I'm going to be the best shape that I can be in. I'm going to get up and work out extra. You know, I, I ended up trimming 10 pounds to be more lean so that my knees could carry stuff. I really looked at it as like, I'm not going to quit. Like, I don't want to demand a trade. I don't want to, I don't want to do that. Like that's, this is, this is like, this is my car. Like the sparks were were something that I spent a long time building, sure. like personally, like me and NECA had been there the longest, we were the longest tenured sparks. And I was like, I felt ownership for this. So I felt like, yeah, it was disrespectful, but I did have a hand in something. Like I can't blame all of it. Okay. Do I think that it was right? No. Do I think it should have happened? Hell no. But I really used that and fueled myself to go into 2020, you know, to dominate. And I think I did in the bubble. And when I proved myself on the court, I think off the court, being able to still maintain a relationship and to be able to have a coach and player relationship, I think I grew a lot in that as well. Because I don't think the old Candace would have been able to move on. Um, And I did. And I did everything I possibly could in 2020. And I can say that with no hesitation. Did you do everything you possibly could knowing that you was like deuces, bruises? No, I really honestly did Like you have this, this, this nonsense, you go to the seat, then you go to the bubble and then you play as good and you see you and, and to your credit, you got over it. God, God bless you. I don't even know how you did that. And then you get over it. You have a relationship with him. You play, you come back, you're in great shape. You give it all. You're not thinking I'm over this organization. They don't respect me. I like Carrie champion with ESPN. (laughs) You know, I think, um, for me personally, I really, I didn't make the decision until 
see, I met with Coach Wade in February, like right when recruiting was started. Obviously, I'd talked to Allie and Flute a number of times. They had reached out to me just like, hey, you're a free agent. Like, you can go anywhere you want. (laughs) Yeah, um, I really didn't have any intention. I mean, I bought a new house. You've been to it. Mm -hmm. I had no intention of leaving LA. Like LA has been home and I never thought about playing for another organization seriously. Now, yes, I had thoughts like, I'm going to go to Chicago. I'm going to go to New York. Like I had thoughts about it, you know? Um, But I remember Chelsea Gray and I, we're very close. And I sent her a text because we wanted, obviously our decisions mattered towards each other. And I remember texting, she sent me a text and was like, so like, where's your head at? And I was like, you know, I'm 80, 20, 80% going back to LA and then 20% probably not. And it was like, the more I like talk to my family and friends and kind of bounce stuff off of them and listened, I realized like I needed to go home. And I honestly, I'm one of those, like, I like to sleep in three times if I have the opportunity when I make a decision. Like, I like to go to sleep three times before I make the final choice. And man, I slept like a baby, you know? And I knew it was going to be hard. And I knew it wasn't going to be perfect. But I was up for the challenge in terms of regardless of whether we won a championship. Like, we were, I mean, we were bad in the regular season. (laughs) Things got difficult. And I don't think I ever was like, man, I wish I would have stayed, you know? Because I think I just needed this. Like, I needed to go home. It was really nice. Like, what were the deciding factors? You said you slept like a baby when you knew you wanted to go. You had more than, did you have three plus sleeps to determine? Yeah, I had three sleeps. <laughs> three sleeps. <laughs> yes. That's a real black. She had three sleeps and she knew <laughs> I it was had time three to sleeps. go. Okay, but what, what was it? What was like, I'm out. Because so, like, you've been thinking about it. I'm talking to you as someone who has made pivotal, crazy choices where people are like, what are you doing? Why yeah. are you doing that? To be honest with you, yeah, be honest. Completely honest. Um, you know, I love Turner. Like they're my family. Yeah. Um, we actually have had conversations about the environment and just, you know, just my guys and the team and you're in the makeup room and it's like you're friends with the makeup artists and the, you, like everybody is just one big family. There's so many people from Turner that came to my games and supported me over the years. Um, you know, Tara, mm-hmm. I mean, it's just, it honestly is that like family atmosphere. And I felt that in Chicago, mm-hmm. um, just from talking with Allie and Slude and I didn't even know Kalia Z reached out, Diamond reached out. Um, and I just wanted that, you know, like I, I wanted, um, I wanted to be wanted and I felt like they mm-hmm. really were like opening their arms and their home and mm-hmm. they sent me Portillo's. That was probably the tilting factor. <laughs> um, they sent me some Garrett's then, popcorn. Uh, all the things you sent out in the package of goodness come except for the f- pizza, but go on. That was, yeah, deep dish pizza, mm-hmm. all that. Um, and I felt like that was kind of the, the turning point. I just felt like I was really honestly and truly wanted. Yeah. Um, yeah, we all just want to belong and feel appreciated. There's nobody on this earth, whether it be at work or at home, we want to feel loved and appreciated and belong and like someone wants us there. So that was beautiful without getting into particulars, but how good did it feel to win this goddamn chip? What? Like I like, and you know how I roll. I grew up in LA. I love the Sparks. It was really hard to root for them this year. I'm being honest, even though I did like, but. Like I was like I, I love the story. 
it's being written, as you say. And I love like, all right, on the outside looking in, y'all don't appreciate and love me. Let me go somewhere where if I put on this little black dress, these fools going to love me and tell me how bomb I am. I'm about to be in a relationship with somebody who really is going to care for me. Because you, you know, me. here's the thing. <laughs> here's the thing. Um, I still keep in contact. Honestly, NECA was yeah. one of the first text messages. She's one of the first text messages I get after every single playoff game. Like NECA was the one that was like, all right, do this. Like, you know, her and I still maintain the relationship. I mean, she always tries to come see Layla play okay. her, you know, intercurricular activities in terms of volleyball. And, you know, she, that was tough. Like having that conversation. Um, that was really tough, to be honest with you. And I do think it was one of those things where it kind of surpassed my expectations. Like I remember when I decided to go and it was just like on Twitter and on Instagram, it was a way bigger deal than I thought it was going to be. And I just remember the hardest conversation is when you're not going back and you have to call somebody. And I have a tremendous relationship with Eric Holloman and it was difficult for me to call and tell him, you know, um, but I wanted to tell him, you know, I don't want to have it break and, you know, be all over. So I just think that that was the difficult part. I don't know if it was just the respect. I mean, yes, but at the same time, it was just happiness, you know, like I felt like I I was going to be happy in Chicago. So my boo goes, my boo, this is such a a biased interview and I don't want to hear nobody's mouth. So my boo goes to Chicago and I'm, very happy and you locked in and I'm one of a thousand people texting you talking about, I'm going to come to a game. <laughs> you a bitch. I ain't got no more tickets. Like, stop calling me. <laughs> not, her, not, not her words. But not, not her words, but I know how busy it is. Like, I get it, but I just wanted, I was just like, I, I, I called Christine, who is a friend of ours, everyone who's listening, and we'll tag Christine in this episode, um, CEO of the Academy, and I called Christine. I was like, hey, great. I've got a great idea. Let's go on Sunday. This is because you guys won on mm-hmm. this Sunday. I got a great idea. Let's go on Sunday to watch our boo play in Chicago. I think it'll be great given us time. Blah, blah, blah. She's like, I got an even better idea. We already got tickets. If you want to join us <laughs> and maybe hook us up as well, then you can meet us. And I was like, okay, 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 okay. So we go, we watch you play. <laughs> and here's my favorite. As you all know, uh, Chicago Sky lost one game, and that happened to be Bad Luck Carry game, the game that I hate. <laughs> Our Bad Luck asses came in and brought that Bad Luck. Yeah, we, we went into overtime, though. It wasn't a blowout. We went into overtime. Thank God, but we suck. Okay. But the point of the matter is, is that I bought some bad mojo, and I'm sorry. Watching you play, though, Not true. for me as a media member, I felt like, and someone could say different, someone could even say when you won in 2016, it was different, but I felt like finally, and no matter how, say what you want to say, the the things that happened, it could have been different, but watching you play against the Mercury was to me, not you per se, but just the the finals was special. It felt special. Didn't it feel special to you? Didn't it feel like, oh, everybody's paying attention. I don't know what where the shift came, I know we're on what, year 26 of the WNBA? Is it year 26, 27? What a year? 25. 25. Last year, but next year's I'm always adding one more. Okay, so okay. 
But it felt special. It took 25 years, but didn't it feel special when like everybody finally like respected you all or no? Was that just me watching? No, it, it, it definitely felt different this year. I mean, I've been a part of, you know, you're at 15, you're at 20, you're at 25 now and where they bring back and honor the players. And it was like, even the stuff was different. Like we got a ring last time. This time we got a jacket and a Louis Vuitton yeah. bag. Like, <laughs> no, like, it was just, it was like, look at, look at growth, you yeah. know, like. <laughs> I just feel like everyone um, was watching people who didn't, people I know, I have a, like a lot of, you know, we get, you live in LA, you know, a lot of people in the know, not in mm-hmm. the know. A lot of famous people are like, we're going to a bar and watch the WNBA game, watch the finals. I'm like, what? Y'all going to the bar to do that? Really? Tell me. Like, who are you interested in? I mean, listen, it's the time is, the time is now, <laughs> honestly. And that's the thing. The time is now. And I think. It's there's a bittersweet part of it because I feel so much joy watching the game grow yeah. and watching it get to where it should be. And I think the 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 other part is just I feel sadness because for me, my journey's coming to yeah. an end. You know? Um well, so I think I feel I'm glad that it's I'm glad I've had a hand in yeah. this because I definitely wanted to leave the game better. However, it's like you know, it's kind of like, I wish it would have been like this when I was yeah. year two or three. I interviewed Don Staley and I asked her, this was literally just a week and a half ago. And we just aired it. And I said, what do you think of what just happened? Like how special? She was like, it was special. Those girls can hoop. They ball. And she was like, I, I don't even think I have it. I was like, I think you could, I think you ball with them. I think you get rough and tough with the girl. She was like, yeah, it's different. It's, you know, there's the nuance of the game. The game has changed in nuanced ways, but fundamentals, she's like, yeah, I got it. And she too was just like, it was, Candice, I don't think you understand it because you're in the middle of it. And I understand what it feels like to have a lot coming at you. So you can't process it all at once, but it was historic. And when you, when you produce the special about the 1996 Olympics and the women, like, that's what this will be. When you do the doc on this, it will be what you went through, why you decided to leave and what it meant and how people were invested. What the WNBA has always been missing, in my opinion, are these personal stories where people are invested and they were invested in your personal story of what you did. And while I heard from someone that we know closely that she was like, I'm just about to go home and win a chip. You said that. My G, without calling you Dayton Word, you said that. You said that. You said that before shit went down. Y'all, breaking news, exclusive here on Naked. She was like, I'm going home to win a chip. Correct? Yeah, it was always the the goal and the feeling. I don't know. I'm I'm a big believer in putting into the universe. Um, But I'm also a big believer in like, you know, sometimes it's like, the energy is the way it's supposed, like it's supposed to happen. Like it's almost like the, it like wills its way. Mm-hmm. And even when we went through the adversity that we went to through, I mean, we were two and seven at one point. Um, <laughs> yeah, we were bad uh, for a while. Like it was just like, all of us still showed up to the gym and worked out. Allie Quigley, best shooter in the entire world showing up. Yeah. I joined their breakfast club and we shot together and, you know, got a relationship, like, in terms of just built a relationship with Kalia Copper and just watching her kind of explode onto the scene. You know, for me personally, I think it was just kind of like, it was supposed to happen, mm-hmm. you know, and we just had to do our part. And Landers Lutz, one of the best point guards to ever play the game. 
Uh, and I think that the world woke up and saw it. And so to be able to like, I guess, have my story be a part of so many other stories that are just so great. I think, yeah, like people fall in love with the story and they also fall in love with getting to know new people. And I think the world got to know Kalia Copper and Courtney Vandersloot if you were sleeping under a rock and didn't know how she played and Stephanie Dolson and Allie Quigley. You just made everybody. everybody. You're welcome. Thank you. Yep. You're welcome, world. Yep. I will yep. say this. Yep. Anybody listening, that's the perfect teammate answer. Because you you dishing it out, point guard. You making sure everybody get all the love. And I respect you for that because that is a true story. It was not good to you. That's what I love about yeah. us. That's how we play. Yeah, that's like That's how we play. And that's how we should play. On the other side of the break, we talked to Candace about whether or not she's going to retire. I hope not. Find out when we come back. Every champion and carry champions to be a champion. A champion and carry champion and carry champion. A champion and carry champion and carry champion. Greatest, greatest in sports and entertainment. Connected with. AT&T connects an ode to podcast. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work and traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver. And this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. We had to pay our bills. We appreciate y'all staying with us. You know your girl needs all of her change so she can be cute in these streets. Those bills need to be paid. Without further ado, WNBA champion, two-time WNBA champion, Candace Parker, all naked. I hesitated to talk about what I thought wasn't fair. And mm-hmm. I think 
during the finals a lot, I saw some things that just weren't fair because you are my friend and I know that people know you're my friend, but I can't point out what's not fair. So I had my, um, someone who works with me, her dad was a NBA ref for about 25 years. I said, you watch the finals, give me your take on what happened. And she talked about how people were afraid to criticize what went down with one of the greats in Diana Taurasi. And Okay. Can I just, can I make this statement before you finish? Go your- ahead. I'm sorry, I just got to make this statement. In order for women's basketball, women's sports in general, general. to go to the next level, there has to be criticism. Thank you. Like, if you turn on first take, if you turn on (laughs) just anything, like, they're debating on skill. They're debating on whether Russell Westbrook is a good fit for LA. They're debating on whether James Harden is going to be able to adjust to free throws. They're debating. I mean, they're talking about Richard Sherman. Like they're talking about these things. And it's like, I don't know if it's our culture or what, but even within games where I I don't know if I would be a successful broadcaster of women's sports, because when somebody comes down and makes a terror, takes a terrible shot and doesn't do something within the offense, I'm not going to say, Oh, well, you know, she's but would you got a good left hand like to yeah. criticize? No. You're not. <laughs> but I think you cannot you cannot look at certain things within women's sports and not and I think our culture is scared to criticize because we're women, because we're women of color mm-hmm. and because of cancel society, you know, cancel culture. Mm-hmm. Like that's what it is, but it's hurting the game and it's hurting the audience. Like if I'm looking at a terrible game, terrible possessions i mean like the way guys call it out on the nba games like but listen i just you, you know this people hate chuck they watch and they be pissed when they got a t- the tnt game they mad because they like if chuck criticized me i'm pissed chuck tells so many stories you know this about how players call him after and be mad at him be ready to fight him i.e draymond green who loves him now you know what i mean but yeah and so does KD. Sure. KD just did an interview with him. Exactly. What they, it's a respect. they want to be respected. I feel like I casually mentioned what happened with DT. And then there were other people who were hardcore players who were like, but the media really didn't say anything. It wasn't so much they didn't care. They felt like, huh, do we talk about her shoving a ref? Like, not once, but twice. Do we talk about her um, literally disrespecting the ref again? when they teeter and she's trying to set the tone early. Do we talk about that? Because you guys just moments ago declared her the go. I think that if you would ask her, she would say the same thing I just said. You got to criticize it. Um, okay. Criticize it. Like, critique mm-hmm. it. And she's still going to do the same thing. I'm still going to behave and be the same way. Like, but you, you got to talk about it. Yeah. Like, you talk about people falling in love with stories and storylines and okay but if you don't criticize it or challenge it then nobody's talking about it there's no debate there's no barbershop talk and conversation like none of that happens and so it's like i mean i listen i remember when russell westbrook and kevin durant were going to play each other for the first time when katie ended up going to golden state do you remember the storyline for the for the week and a half before that game it wasn't even talking about the Golden State Warriors and Thunder. It was talking about Will Russell and KD shake hands. Like, and then no it was showing cares. their skirmish. No one cared, was, no one cared like, about the game. <laughs> Nobody cupcake, cared about the game. Cupcake, soft, cupcake. 
Katie came out with a, a line of shoes. Like, yeah, no one cared. It was all about the stupid stuff. Go ahead. It was all about that. So <laughs> our game wants to, if our game wants to evolve and get to where we say we want to get to, then we got to have those conversations and we got to have people that aren't scared and we can't take it personal as, as players. But you, like, but you will, but you will take it personal as players and that's okay. Cause I take it personal. People criticize me, but, but it's fair. What you're saying to me, what I'm hearing is that if you want people interested and if you want to talk about a sport and you want to, and y'all want to be equal citizens, right? Make the same money, have the same advantages. We have to be able to do the same thing, the good, the bad, and the ugly, correct? I agree with you. And I'd also add in that just women functioning in like not a smooth situation. Like I still have to do an interview with whoever if I don't like them. For sure. You still have to interview me, even if you don't like me. Like, I think that those are things too. Like, that's why they don't criticize is because like the next time I walk up and stick a mic in your face, you're going to be mad at me. And it's like, who cares? Yeah. This is your job. Yes, yeah. This is my job. You got to criticize. Yeah, but God, yeah, let me tell you something. Y'all should be making it hard on us. Kevin Durant hated me for a long time and told me I was lost. I was like, oh, gotcha. Thank you. Draymond, they all like you say something flippant. They don't ever forget. They'll give you receipts. They remember when Dwight Howard, he was like, here, you talk so bad about me when I left the Lakers. and I never forget it when I and I was just like, whoa, that was like three years ago. He had receipts. And so it's uncomfortable, but we still have to do it. I just want you to know. I, But you still have to yeah. do it. And and here's the thing. Now I'm on both sides. I'm a player. Correct. And I'm that's where I was going next. And I remember, you know, when I covered the NCAA tournament and a specific player didn't play as well in the NCAA tournament. And I was working out at a gym with him a year later and his dad, he's like, yeah, my dad reminds me all the time of like, you know, me not being able to make a shot or me like you criticizing my game. Like that's been on repeat. Like that motivates me to wake up. And I'm like, damn, if I have that impact, like you're welcome. Like, <laughs> By the way, that's called 10%. That's what, okay. So I'll take that. Go ahead. Give me some of that check, sir. Go ahead. <laughs> and I'm just like, yeah, but also as media, as long as here's the thing, as long as you don't make it personal. Mm -hmm. And that's the, that's the line that I think some shouldn't cross. Okay, but don't it's make it hard personal. not to make it personal. You're an artist. So Candace, what do people say about you? What's the biggest critique you hear about yourself that you try not to take personal, but you know it's somewhat accurate? Of my game oh, yeah. or of my personality? Because there's two different things. Okay, break it down. Because here's the thing. I don't think you should ever criticize something that you don't know. Like for instance, like with the Ben Simmons situation, okay. right? My whole issue with this whole thing is that it got outhouse. You have never heard me disclose any conversation that I've had with Derek okay. Fisher to media okay. because it should stay in house. It should stay between him and I. Now we may talk about like, okay, this is how I felt or like whatever, but I'm never going to come out and say something like Doc said or something like Joel said. And then the next year you want them back. And I understand it's a job, but at the end of the day, that should be kept in house to me. Like, why are you, it's same, same example with Marcus Smart and you can debate all the time. Why are you telling the media this about Jason Tatum and, you know, Jalen Brown? Like, shouldn't that be a conversation that you keep in-house in the locker room? So I just, I think my only issue is, is then when people, first of all, take things that out of house that shouldn't be. And second of all, make it personal and start cr 
criticizing character and like personality and stuff that doesn't have anything to do with basketball. Why do you think Doc? Okay, no, I'm not going to go there. I I would think Doc or or Joel said that because they thought something else was leaked prior to, so they were responding. So you're saying even if something else is leaked prior to, no need to respond. Just keep it in. Aren't you a better person if you don't like? I know this is two wrongs don't make right, right but like. Right. So you did. So they did that. So then you go go back okay. and just do it. Like okay. just. That's why. I mean, that's by like the way, if, though. That's when I said earlier that you're a PC. Like when I tell you you're a class act, not even politically correct. You're just a class act. No, that, that's not what I mean. I just mean like if 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 I tell you something yeah. and you tell my secret, I'm gonna go spill all the secrets that you just told me just to like one up you. Yeah. I mean, to me, it's just like you're dropping down and stooping down to like <laughs> their level. Like I'm the type of person uncomfortable it is. Like, yeah, I'm gonna say <laughs> hi, hi, or like I'm not gonna not be somewhere because somebody is uncomfortable. Yeah. Okay. You know what I mean? With that being said, I'm not going to not be somewhere. No, you didn't. You because somebody's insight. And that, by the way, you know what I mean? Subjective. That's your that's your take as a broadcaster as a player. And you have a very unique perspective. Sorry, that I, I digress. Don't have. The people who've never played the game can sit and say whatever they want. And you're right. A lot of digress. the critique, especially on my part. Thank you for checking me and, and and letting me see it differently. Is personality. No, seriously, that's not even so much about you weren't trying to check me, but I'm like, you're right. Sometimes I do. I'm like, I don't like his attitude. But sometimes also their attitude also reflects how they play on the court. So so they're not they're not separate. They usually in a lot of cases go hand in hand. So you find people criticizing personalities and stop <laughs> and, and how and behavior if it affects their behavior on the court. I say Let's talk about my boy, like my favorite. You're all loved Kobe Bryant. Was not loved by many players while he was alive. He never, maybe once or twice, we know him and Shaq had that big feud. But he never got him. I mean, sometimes he critiqued people, but people never was like, I don't fool with Kobe. He's not nice. He don't fool with us. That stayed in house. Like I felt like that wasn't, it was known in our world, but that wasn't really known. No one got on camera and was like, Kobe, get on my nerves. No one gets on camera except for now, Scotty, please stop it. Michael Jordan gets on my nerves. Very few people then, I understand what you're saying. There's a, there's a level, there's layers to this and levels, right? There's layers and levels. And I feel as though there's a certain responsibility as a friend, as a teammate, as a coach, as within an organization, as media. That when you break that trust and you kind of cross that line, there's like no going back from it. You know, um, mm. I really love when somebody critiques my game because I'm going to go and show next year what I'm going to do to improve it. Mm -hmm. But when people critique things that they have no idea the under layer, like that's like trying to get in on family business. You have no idea the layers within family no. dynamics. The, the yeah, layers that you have to pull back with relationships and you yeah. come in, don't, don't, you know, da, 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 that's your cousin. You're like, you have no idea. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like the no, media comes in right. and tries to critique a layer that they have no idea, which is basically a fundamental. Cause my thing is, is like attitude. Yeah. Sometimes we're not always correct. You know, sometimes it's a reason why I'm acting this way or there's a reason why, you know, um, but you're right. It does go hand in hand on the court and you do have a responsibility to do your job. Um, That's it. 
You do. Like, I don't care how much my coach pissed me off. I got to I got to show up and perform because no you look stupid if you don't. Right. Nobody knows right. the underlying meaning. And that's the thing that no I had to get to. The family business. Nobody knows that. And that's the thing. Like, I have gone through so much in my career of just being immature and just being like, they don't understand what's going on behind the closed doors. But I'm going out and playing and making myself look stupid because I'm mad that something else didn't go my way or because of this or because like a coach did this and I'm mad and I'm making myself look stupid. And so I think that's the biggest thing is is like you show up to work and you're doing a job. All the fans, all the media, they don't know the underlying reason why you walking around with your lips poking out and you're mad and you're not giving high fives and your energy like they don't know that. It's a reflection of you. And so when I went to Chicago, like I took that personal. I was like, I will not. Whatever happens behind closed door, I still am representing me when I step out on the court. Like that's, and that's what everybody sees. You talk about several people in your life who I want to talk about that really have influenced you. Um, Anybody who spends two minutes talking to you know that your dad means a lot to you in terms of your game and what he's taught you. Um, You talk about your older brothers. You talk about Pat Summit. May she also rest in peace. Uh, the year in which she passed away, you gave a very emotional interview. And she passed away from Alzheimer's, but you gave a very emotional interview. That was the year that the Sparks won their chip. Mm-hmm. And, you, and you were like, you had a, a stellar game that night, like an all-star game. Um, not like you don't always do that, but you really showed up and you played with such a heavy heart. My first question is, what would be or what was Pat's critique about you as a player, a WNBA player, not the college player, but the WNBA player? Rebounding. Um, and it's like, it's weird because you know how like, you have these connections where it's like rebound, like what exactly is it? Okay, it's an opportunity to get another chance, an opportunity to get another mm. possession. It's an opportunity to, you know, get it back. Mm-hmm. And I just think that there's so much like, correlation between what she would critique me off on the court that I grew off the court. Um, Rebounding, specifically offensive rebounding. She would always yell, I'm a good defensive rebounder. And offensive rebounding, she was like, anytime you go to the boards, you get the rebound. So like in college, like, why don't you go to the boards more? And she's like, that's energy, that's effort, that's want to. And so I just know like, even now when I rebound, it's like, I like think of her all the time, you know? And, um, I just feel as though like it's taught me so many lessons off the court, you know, just Mm -hmm. rebounding, getting things back, being better. Um, and I think that that's helped me like remember her all the time. Mm -hmm. What would she have said to you? In the spot in your decision to go to Chicago, what do you think if you had to guess if you called her and wanted her advice? Well, first, I think the thing I missed most about coach was like, you know, in the years that she wasn't here is like she was my biggest advocate. I mean, she was the toughest critic on me at Tennessee. I mean, nothing was ever good enough, but she was also like my biggest advocate. Like I would hear 
other people tell me what she said. And I'm like, coach said that? Like, cause she would never say it to me. <laughs> um, and so I, I forgot your question, but. <laughs> I, th- I said, what would you, like, if you would have called her and said, I think I'm leaving, I'm going to Chicago. Oh, going home. I think that she would have answered it just like I called her with every other life decision. You know, I remember being scared calling her when I was pregnant with Layla. And her telling me that I'm going to be the greatest mom because I spent my Friday nights in Knoxville babysitting kids all the time. And the next morning I wake up and there's Tennessee stroller, Tennessee cheerleading outfit, Tennessee football jersey, baby onesies, like all this stuff. She was so excited for Layla to be born. Um, And I think she would have supported me and really been excited about it. You about to make me cry. That's emotional. (laughs) Wow. And by the way, how vulnerable were you? Because that is scary. You just started your career pregnant. You know what I mean? What do you do? You're going to be the greatest mom ever. Woo! She she showed Girl. it. I mean, she she really honestly was present wherever she was. You felt like you were the only person in the world when mm. she was there. And I think Tyler will say the same thing in terms about her being a great mom. Mm-hmm. And we felt like she was a great coach and a great educator and a great everything. Cause we felt like, I felt like I was the only person in the world when she was where I was. And yeah. it's like, honestly a gift. And so to watch her balance and to set, you know, to set a schedule in which whatever she was doing was the most important thing at that moment. It really taught me like how to be a mom, you know, when I'm playing basketball, I'm playing basketball and I trust that I've put, measures in order to make sure my daughter is well taken care of. And when I am a mom, I have a non-negotiable. I pick my daughter up from school every day. Yep. Yep. You know, this is my non-negotiable if, non-negotiable. you know, and so I think that being able to see her set those things has really like inspired me as a career woman, but also as a mom. You're so patient as a mother. I watch you I with know. your daughter. You're so patient. You are. You don't patient. even. And you don't even. You don't even think you are. I'm not patient. You don't think. Talk to somebody who don't have kids, and they watch you, and they're like, "Gosh, she's so patient." Hmm. You are like, "Sweetie." Well, thank you, Carrie. Layla. But, no. no, you. I'm telling you, you don't think you are because somebody and somebody like your family may tell you that you're not, or you may say, "Be more." You are patient. I'm working on No, legit. I was, it was, trust me, Pat will say, honey, you got, not even, and Layla's a great kid, but I just watch you talk to her, the loving way in which you handle her, the way that after you win the chip, you'd like, where's my baby? Let me find her. I want you to know in the most important moments, you matter. Like, I'm not getting caught up in this. You matter. Like, those things matter. Like, that's life-changing for her. You know what I mean? That would, that would mean so much to me. There are so many kids who have parents that are famous who can't say my mom steps down from the moment in which everyone is praising her to find me, to let me know that I matter and I should be celebrated in this moment. I mean, you're going to make me cry. <laughs> you made us cry. No, you're going to make me you, cry. Um, the one where you like are like, come here. I'm like, you're really about yo. to make me, you really about to make me cry, but I'm, I'm going to go there because I'm, I'm getting more in touch with my emotions. Um, my daughter is everything to me. I owe her everything just because I think in this world as parents, we think that we're teaching them and they teach us. She's taught me what unconditional love truly is. And I say that 
with so much love and so much respect and so much appreciation because she has been my number one fan at allowing me to reach my dreams. Like she's the inspiration. And, you know, we have this thing where sometimes when she doesn't want to do homework or sometimes I don't want to go get on the freaking Peloton, I say like, I'm doing this for you. You know, I'm getting on the bike for you. Like I'm going to get on this plane to Atlanta to go to Turner to work for you. And it's like, it's those moments that are, I think are what, where I'm most appreciative, you know, it's like, yes, like when we're celebrating or winning championships, but it's like those other moments where it's like, mm-hmm. we're just grinding it out. I'm looking at you or we're in China and <laughs> we're there on Christmas and we don't have any family. It's smog outside. Right. She can't go. We're in Russia. Right. It's minus 37 degrees. We're in Turkey and she's flipping and making the best of things. She's making friends in Russia. I mean, it's like, I just always so easy. God, just, you got an easy one. She's, she is she's my heart. She is my absolute entire universe. And I love, I love her and I'm so grateful and thankful for her. And, uh, man, she's taught me so much. Um, she's taught me to be more patient, if that makes sense. Right. Yeah. I hear that all the time. Um, I think that would be beautiful. Um, and I, I say to you, I know that being a parent comes with a lot of guilt, but you're doing a beautiful job. I mean, she is just a lovely child. I, to be in the environment and have the access and the resources and the privilege, she's lovely and humble. Thank and it you. is hard to maintain that. So you're doing something right. That and that's why I said your patience. Um, talk to me about Larry. So I get this, guys, I'm going to brag. I get these great packages from Candace because she's rich and she has all these people working for her. She's very, true. very rich and she's not going to give you guys any money. That's I'm going to ask true. her for $2 eventually not yet i haven't asked yet but i will <laughs> but she gets these packages she sends these beautiful care packages like that that one when you went to chicago that said take the surprise at your voice i wear that t-shirt often i should have wore it today i didn't pack it but take the surprise at your voice we'll get into how you cuss out shack often and appropriately but um it, you had this jbl speaker system you sent out all we're doing we're doing um commercials right now and you gave the story about who your dad was and how you grew up. And it was just beautiful. And then I had the, the, the honor of meeting him. Yeah, he's awesome. just a lovely man. Talk to me about his influence on you to like growing up, because I know he played basketball. But even now, my dad is one of those guys that like, he just has like this like way of thinking. Like you do it the right way. You do it, you know, to the best of your ability. Like your great, your greatest abilities shouldn't be measured with others. Because sometimes like you get, he would always say this when I was younger, you get an A on a test. He said, that's a measurement on how you're doing in terms of everybody else. But like, was that your best? So like you should measure yourself against yourself. Um, so like there'd be often times where I'd have like 40 in high school. Or to have like, I remember I had like 42, 20 and something crazy. And my dad was like, crazy. I mean, there it's was a crazy. stretch there where, you know, he didn't play defense or whatever. Like he, <laughs> he has told me probably like three or four times that he, like good game, that he was proud of me, that I played the, per- like his famous thing now is like, you're still in search of a perfect game. Like he would always, he always tells me that. 
So he was one of those like motivating dads that I knew loved me. Like, I just remember as a kid riding home while he would like yell and cuss out my brothers about how they couldn't play basketball and how they were terrible and all this stuff. And I remember just like, I guess in a morbid way, like wanting that to be me. Like, I remember just being like, I can't wait till it's my turn. And he's critiquing my game. Like, <laughs> that's just how it was. And I mean, my memories are extend far more than basketball. I mean, Saturday mornings, we'd get up, play basketball, you know, work out. My parents both were a part of the AU program. My mom, you know, kept stats and coached. My dad coached. Um, but then on Sundays, we'd watch old reruns of, you know, World War II in color. And we would go to museums. And I mean, he's really big on learning. He always has a, you know, little newsstands at checkout. He always is getting a magazine from mm-hmm. there. So I think I've gotten like my mm-hmm. learning, like my, mm-hmm. my need to continue to learn from him. Um, and also it's like, I, I yeah. hear myself when I'm parenting Layla now, it's weird. Uh, like I hear my dad, you know, <laughs> talk about, you know, like building that desire and, and <laughs> it's crazy. So yeah. he's, he's amazing guy. He really is. It just all makes sense to me. I know you haven't written the book, but you will, but it just all makes sense. Just everything just makes sense. I'm just, I don't know. I'm biased, but, uh, and I keep saying that because I know I'll, I'll go hard on DT and be like, I don't you know. Candace attitude, her, her attitude's great. I don't know what you mean. <laughs> yeah, you got to critique me too. Come on. Now. I don't, I, I, uh, no, I won't, I won't, I won't be able to do it. And then if I do, I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm taking myself out of this. I, I disqualify because it just all makes sense to me. Like I think about just where you are in your trajectory and it just all makes sense. And um, I'm just really, really proud of you and so, so grateful to be in your orbit. Um, and I don't have any surprise in my voice. You have a podcast called Moments. Tell me about it. It is about parenting. I think parenting for me is um, my most important job. and. Mm. I think it's the job that is the hardest. Um, For sure. Yeah, it's the hardest. And so literally I talk to so many different parents about their upbringing and then also. Moments, guys, wherever you get your podcasts. I don't know what is, I mean, here you are an amazing broadcaster. I rem- Guys. I'm talking to the to the actual microphone right now because this is for the people who are listening. Guys, I'm talking in the microphone. I remember when you were like, I think I want to do this. And is when I was at ESPN and I was like, girl, yes. And then you kind of mentioned it to the executives. I'm like, girl, yes. And then you're like, let me talk to my girl Ramona. And it was just, and now to see you in full circle at, I believe, and and this isn't biased, at a place that allows you to be you and let you grow and they support you and they really believe in you. Like, it is so beautiful to watch you flourish in this environment. Um, what are your future plans? Do you, do you play for, do you have this thing where you're like, I'm gonna play for three more years? five more years, 10 more years. I'm making up something. I don't know. And then, then I'm going to do full time. Tell me, cause I need to know, because most importantly, I need to know where I can borrow the $5 when I can borrow the $5. First of all, you are my neighbor. So quit <laughs> I'll, 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 I'm moving in. You got Listen, room, you the dogs. Here. I'll sleep in your office. It's big enough for me. I can just, <laughs> you, know, we got, you know, we got lots of dogs here. So I'm no, but listen, first of all, I know that you are saying all these kind things about me. I really appreciate your support oh. because I've leaned on you 
so much throughout the years and you are always available and you always tell me what I need to hear. Mm -hmm. Um, And I don't know if you remember this, but you came to a Sparks game and it was the first time I I met you Mm. and it was at the Sparks. I mean, I had, we had done it, you know, met in passing, but it was the first time we ever really had a conversation. And I remember you know, the Sparks organization was like, carry champions coming to the game tonight and like, whatever. And you are one of those people that when people ask me, like, you know, who are your mentors? Who do you want to be like? Like you're, it's carry champion. It's, you know, Robin Roberts, it's Michael Strahan. Ooh, my people. Those are the three that I honestly have really leaned on and been fortunate enough to have as, you know, role models, but also just like the realness that you, that you tell me and that you keep it real with me. And it's genuine. And I think it's really important. You know, we talk about trying to get into rooms, but it really is important to like have a group of friends that we have in those circles that like really uplift and empower and really cheer for, you know, and I think you are one of those people that I really cheer for. So doing that arena show with you you was, it was, first it was, of all, light, it was I was light so work. nervous. First of all, it was light work. You did all the work. You did all the work, Candace. I wasn't doing it. Stop and it. and you it. talk about your dad, how your dad thinks differently. You think differently. Like you just, you tr- look, you're a triple threat. I, it's so hard for us to receive compliments. I get it. I hate it. I don't want to hear it. I'm like, thank you. Unless you like, unless you're about to be a sugar daddy, I ain't trying to give you no compliments. But you about to buy me something, I ain't trying to hear it. You want me my boy? You don't need no sugar daddy. Yeah, I don't, but shit. Sometimes you just don't feel like buying it. You want to leave your cards you. in your pocket. You know how that really? is. Like You're like, can somebody buy me something today? Shit. <laughs> 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 Buying everybody everything. So somebody buy me something today. <laughs> you are hilarious. I don't know. I don't know when did this turn to after dark. But um, are you going to? You don't know how long you're in play. You're not going to tell us. You haven't thought about it. You've been thinking it. I will know in the off season. Okay, just FYI. Like I will know when I can't get up and train. Um, it's coming. Like. If I'm betting, I would definitely not say, you know, more than two years or two okay. seasons, okay. you know, but I'm, I'm at peace. Like basketball was so much of my life. Like I used to, when I, when we would lose, I would lay in bed with Justine, my best friend. <laughs> we would literally eat Oreos and watch television and like drink bad tequila for four days (laughs) we just literally have a morning like we would have morning like until one day Layla at four walked in and was like mom are you gonna get out of bed today you know like so it's like I've really taken that and been like I have to be more than basketball because at some point the loss is gonna be basketball like it's not I'm not gonna play anymore Mm -hmm. so I gotta do other things and so I think I'm fulfilled you know in terms of personal life i am fulfilled in terms of like off the court stuff and so when that day does come i know it's going to sting and it's going to be bittersweet and it's going to hurt and it's going to suck but i feel like i'll i'm more prepared for it now than i was you know when basketball was the center of my entire universe i see that and i feel that and i cannot wait for the next chapter because this 
you already are planting the seeds. It's going to be special. And I am excited for you. I, I repeat, I am excited for you. Your story is still being written and it's a beautiful, beautiful one. Beautiful, beautiful. If you were Candace Parker, would you retire? You want to go out on top with a chip? You're going to do it like Peyton? Peyton couldn't play anymore, though. So it just was apropos. Like, in my opinion, he his throwing arm was done. Peyton Manning couldn't play anymore. He retired. Done. That's the way you should do it. Walk away. Walk away. Walk away. He's still on top. Seinfeld walked away. Still on top. However, I still think my G has something left in her. But you have to decide what the opportunities are, right? It's not just about whether or not you can still play. Your body can probably do it, Candace. Not that you're asking for my opinion. Your body can probably do it. It's going to be work because that's a physical grind, right? Y'all hear that? Y'all hear what's happening? Did you hear that little sound? That was me adjusting my bra. And I don't care if you leave that part in. It's a physical grind. Just like a bra is a physical grind. But I'm sure there are other things that are involved. She hesitated because I felt like she wanted to give me the news. But I I mean, I don't have to have it. (laughs) All I can say is we would love to see you. Whether you want to do it or not. See how selfish we are as fans? I feel like this year's championship <clears throat> really solidified the WNBA. It's been t- it's been 25 plus years and it really solidified the WNBA. Meaning we finally started to respect it. Not we, because I loved it. But we we're paying attention. We're involved. We're invested. We know the players' names. Candace was a huge reason for that. Sorry to say that. DT, huge reason for that. I don't care if it was choreographed. I don't care what people have to say in terms of how the finals played out, meaning the two teams, because the sky definitely won. But it was beautiful and it was good to see. And it was history witnessed, her story witnessed, her story, her story, not history, her story witnessed. Candace Parker, I love you, friend. I love you for being who you are. I love you for inspiring me um, and showing us it all can be done. But most importantly, I love you for saying I'm going to let my story tell itself. I'll remain quiet. That's the biggest takeaway. So damn hard for me to do, but thank you for sharing it and showing it. See y'all next time on Naked. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.